Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Hey, I, I just had a protein bar. Is there anything on my goatee? There's nothing here, right? No, but there's eggs on there. Eggs oh, we good? A little bacon. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. Tom Zapp with my paisan, Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli, shortstop, third baseman, bench. <laughs> Right? At play the end. Play a little second base. Did you? First base, yeah. And you were, you were a quarterback in high school? No, not in high school. Semi-pro ball. Point guard in basketball? Yeah. Just did it all. Did it all. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, we have a great show today. Uh, first, we're going to bring in our good friend, uh, Joe Drellick from the Philly Show, CSA Show, and future head, along with his two compatriots of the National and then our other good friend, Mike Hef, Hefner, you know, getting Hefner is like trying to get, uh, you know, the president. Mm -hmm. He's, his subordinates are always the guys that appear in the show. But I said, no, we need Hef. Hef uh, has yeah, to be on with nice. us today. Uh, so we're going to bring in Joe first. Mr. Drellick, how are you? Headlines. Doing, doing well, guys. Good. Yeah, how are you guys doing, Tom? Good. Hey, Rico, right. how are you? Now, good, Joe. Joe, the headline for today is a National Sports Collectors Convention is set for locations through 2025. Nice. The National Sports Collectors Convention will be returning to a pair of familiar locations in the coming years and is staying in the Midwest for now. Early last week, the NSCC announced the results of a deal of vote, and here are the results. Okay. 2023 Chicago Stevens Convention Center, July 26th to 30th in 2023, which is our favorite location. We love Chicago. 2024, the Cleveland IX Center, back in action. That's July 24th to the 28th in 2024. And then 2025, back to Chi-Town, Chicago, at the Stevens Convention Center, July 30th to August 3rd, 2025. I'll be an old man by then, Rick. Yes, you sure will be. Oh, okay. But, no, that's a good idea. Those are good. That's, people, that's... you know, can... Just thinking in yeah, I love We Chicago. know where we're going. Cleveland is good, too. I like Chicago, but Cleveland is good, too. Uh, Cleveland <clears throat> has hosted the show seven times since 1997. Listen, if you want the whole article, you can go to our good friend Rich Miller and the staff at Sports Collectors Daily yes. to get your info on the national. But we're going to talk to Joe right now. First, about the Philly show, Joe. Joe, your Philly uh -huh. show has become... Uh, a mini national. That's what I call it. It's a great show. Tell us about it because it's a new location. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, again, the Philly show, um, you know, since 1975, you know, started out originally as a card collectors club. I don't know if I told that portion of the story or not, but Bob Schmier uh, started, you know, the greater Philadelphia collectors club, which spawned into the card show back in 75. And, and you know, he kept it in the, uh, you know, outside of Philly region for, for many, many decades. And, you know, it, it's a, an interesting show on a lot of levels, you know, just uh, the history of it, you know, going back to, to 75, it also, you know, survived a bunch of location moves that the building that they originally had it in was sold, you know, they had to move multiple times and, you know, every year here we are, you know, 
47 years later and the show's stronger than ever. And, you know, again, we're, we're faced with another move to accommodate not only this wasn't just about our move wasn't just about accommodating more dealers that that was certainly considered, um, but it was also about a better experience for the customer. You know, the aisles get get narrow, they get thin, they get tight. You know, when you start to have, you know, a, you know, pretty good uh, autograph guest list, you know, that creates, you know, additional people that might just be, you know, coming in there to see players. So we want everybody to have a great experience, whether you're there to shop all day for cards, uh, which is, which is what that show is known for, right? It's, it's a vintage card show. It's an old school card show. It's, it's um, a historic card show in my, my opinion. And speaking to your point, you know, calling it a million national is, is certainly, you know, it's a wonderful thing to say. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, look at it from that respect. Um, so just, you know, so to speak that way, because the national is the national, but oh, we're, we're happy to have a show three times a year for 47 years. Everybody knows, you know, we're the you know, first week in March, you know, third week in September, first week in December. And it's, you can set your clock to it. You know, we, one of my favorite things is we still send out 3000 over 3000 postcards uh, about our show because, our customer base doesn't necessarily have internet access. We, we used to send out about 11 or 12,000, but we send out almost 3,000. Well, you know, you know, something, uh, you know we, <laughs> we talk to a lot of dealers. We talk to a lot of hobbyists and there's a lot of secondary shows to the national. I mean, smaller shows, Philly being one Philly always comes out on top, man. When you ask these guys, Hey, forget the national, put it aside. What's your favorite show? It's the Philly show. They love yeah. the Philly show. I mean, they, I, I don't know if it's because you've been around for 47 years, but <laughs> it's, I, we've never heard a bad thing about the show. It's run, it's run right. It really Why, is. They do a hell of a job. Hey, we, I, I was there, so I know firsthand. Of course, my you know, <clears throat> expertise in this field uh, has been very well. Well, actually, your expertise <laughs> has really increased uh, the last uh, several years. I mean, yes. you know what a baseball card is now. That's right. Which is really <laughs> little cards. <laughs> uh, Joe, tell us oh, about wait. the new location, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's just six miles down the road from where we were. We, we were in the Valley Forge Casino Resort for the last 13 years. Um, we've maintained a great relationship with them. They're still a host hotel for us. So a lot of our guests that like to stay at the casino, we have a relationship with them. We have a discount code. So, you know, we were able to block off, I believe, 75 rooms for, for customers to stay at, which I believe it's sold out. So that's good news for the casino um, as well. And then, you know, basically we're six miles down the road at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, um, which has become, you know, a... a uh, prominent spot in in uh, that that area for trade shows and you know they they have almost 250,000 total square feet you know broken up into a couple of different spaces so we're in essence our show is going from a 55,000 square foot footprint uh, now to a 75,000 square foot footprint Fabulous. which is allowing us some additional dealers we we were we did add about 25 dealer booths um, to the old floor plan but more importantly it's given us more space for our autograph pavilion, for our aisles, and to make a better customer experience. So, Joe, before we let you go, can you uh, kind of whet our appetites with some of the signers that are going to be there? Yeah, sure. So for this uh, show, we're excited to have uh, Jason Worth at this show. And, and the reason that is, is he was an 08 Philly. Uh, he was uh, obviously also pretty prominent with the Washington Nationals. But, um, 
you know, he's a bit of a recluse. He's not, yeah, he's got the big beard, right? But he he's not a um a signings kind of guy, you know. So so we we've been working on uh you know Jason to come to the show for years, and he's always been very cordial and very you know accommodating from speaking with us. But you know, he's an outdoorsman. He doesn't really like to to you know fly back to Philly for you know uh, something like a card show. But but we've just been kind of letting them know how much people want to see him. And part of that 08 team, if you know from the collector base side of things, if you have a team piece, almost all the team pieces are missing Jason Worth. So yeah, he's sure. a really big one. He, he's you know, a good player. He, might, he, he, he was a great player. Really? And then we also have, uh, you know, a Philadelphia legend, uh, football player, Brian Dawkins, who, who is, uh, we haven't had Brian at the show for about four years now. And every year he's our number one guy that people want at the show. So we're super excited to have him. And then we're also rolling in some, uh, non-traditional Philly show traditionally brings in Philly athletes for the most part, but we've, we've been trying to expand and grow on that. So we've got Ricky Henderson uh, coming to the show. We've got Jim Rice coming to the show. Uh, John Great. Smoltz is coming to the show. Great. Um, so wow. we've got a nice really line. nice, yeah. nice line we've up. got a really nice Jeez. mix of guests. Uh, Harold Carmichael, who it's only his second appearance since hall of fame, Wow, Philly legend, but uh, he really hasn't been doing anything since COVID. Uh, so the lineup is looking good. You know, we don't, we don't, uh, you know, crush it with the guests. You know, we try to keep it around 20 to 25 guests. So we're right in that. I think we've got 20 or 22 guests. And um, ever since I took the show over, we've had Bobby Shantz at every single show. And Bobby oh, will be still there again. Yeah, we had fun with him. Uh, yeah, his birthday's coming up again. So his birthday's in a few days. Bobby yeah. Uh, yeah. For more information, Nothing. people can go to the phillyshow.com. Yeah, phillyshow.com, real simple. Yeah, check us out. Come visit us. Yeah, we'd love to see you guys, and we appreciate you know the show's support, and we love being Anything on the show you guys with you guys. need, you know that. All right, Joseph, thanks an hey, awful Joe, lot. Yeah. Joe Drellick right. from ACC's Philly Show and the CSA Show, Chantilly. Yeah. Right, listen, uh, we're going to bring in our guest host right now. What a handsome guy. Look at him. What a handsome guy. <laughs> Hi, Hef. How you doing? I'm, I'm moving guys. away from this. Mike Hefner, president <laughs> of Leland's. Yes. Hef, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good, good. We're so thrilled. Good I, we to were have talk- you on. We were, yeah, we were talking about you, trying to get you on instead of your, you know, I mean, I love, we love Jordan. We love, but trying to get you on and corral you is like sometimes. Hey, Dan, what's up? Try, try, it's tough sometimes, but that's, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> They're great. Great people. Oh, yeah. No, you, you've got a great staff. Hef, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be all over the place. I know that you're kind of uh, – you're always open to talk and discussion about different things. But well, obviously, we're going to talk about the, the items, the auction item. Listen, I need your help in this one. You, you have – he's got you – know, Anything for you, Tom. Well, I, I'm putting a bid in on a bleacher – one bleacher seat from Fenway Park that is dated. I mean, like dated. Do you have any idea how old that seat is? I, I asked, I called, I, I did call uh, Jordan. I said, Jordan, are there any markings on it at all? He couldn't find any. Do you know anything which, about which, that seat? Which one is it? It's, 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 the, it's a the, navy the, blue one. It's a navy blue bleacher seat. Yeah, those I believe were installed in 34 oh, at the open. I'm going to buy yes. one of those, baby. Yeah. Yes. And it's, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to put it in my office. Oh, I thought you were going to sit on it. I don't no, know. it's going to be in my Maybe office. You should give it to Rico, and Rico can use it on the show. Well, actually, actually, Rico, when he played, used to sit in the original ones every day. Yeah, very funny. Uh, <laughs> 
No, those seats, oh. the old seats were made for people. That are like three feet tall. Three feet, three yeah, or four really feet tall. I mean, they, people must have been small then. Eh? Uh, half, I'm, I'm going to win that damn thing. I'm but, telling uh, you right yeah, now. That would be a nice. I'm, be gonna, nice. I'm going to bid on that. I, I, I wanted to find out first. When is the auction in, Mike? It ends September 17th. All right, so we got Saturday. some time. We got some time. We got a little time left. Awesome. Days, but- so listen, the other thing is the Brady pre-retirement ball is back. Tell us about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, of course. You know all about it. I don't have to rehash the story of what happened when it went up the first time. Every time it brings me pain to, uh, <laughs> to talk about that because it was just such an odd situation. It really was. And, uh, you know, the, the consigner agreed to to sell it again. Um, I guess we can call it the most infamous football uh, in the hobby. So I think it still has value. It's still a Brady touchdown. Absolutely. And, uh, he, didn't throw any, he didn't throw any regular season touchdowns yet, so it still is his last regular season touchdown. Listen, you, you hit it right. It, it wasn't regular season. It was actually postseason. So it could continue to be the last postseason uh, touchdown football also. But you hit it right on the head. The ball, it's, it's, you know, the ball now has kind of taken a life of its own. And, it, right, the word infamous is what that ball is going to be about. And I think as the years go by, that ball is just going to get more valuable. Like the Wagner card. It's, you know, it's the same thing. It's the, it's the, the first Brady uh, retirement ball. Exactly. It's the first the first one. one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I could see, I could even, I can even see yeah. uh, a card company, you know, cutting that thing up and putting it in. Uh, exactly. It in so, so you know, not that I like that stuff. I'm not, I, you know, I don't like to seeing the memorabilia get destroyed. But, um, you know, I, I could see something like that happen. Absolutely. In fact, I thought the first time around that something like that. Yeah. Mike, uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a 52 mantle uh, in the auction. You know, as we all know, the last one went for twelve million. What twelve six? Twelve point five. Twelve point five million. Does this help the value of the that's a good other Mantle cards? Because of, I mean, I know that that's was a, a great what, question. Nine point five. Oh. I think uh, almost a ten. So uh, I mean, does yeah? Does that twelve point five? Does that card? You're saying in, with other man, fifty-two mantles, that, that, right? Is that what you're asking? I, I didn't understand yeah. the question. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom, it was a simple. It was a simple question. It was easy. <laughs> so it is. So, like you have one, don't you? No, I used to have. Oh. One, but uh, no, it is. It helped the yeah. other mantles. Uh, you know. Uh, there's yes, there you go. There, there's certainly a trickle down theory, and uh, it's not a theory; it's a fact. There's a trickle down fact. Fact that uh, when these things start to, when these things. Uh, when a, when a 51 Bowman Mantle, if it sells for a lot of money, 52 Tops Mantle, 55 Clemente Rookie, and a, if one came out in a 10 and sold wow. millions and millions, the, 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 even the ones, you know, the cards right. that were poor or fair, they would go up in value. Yeah. So we've seen, um, even at the National, the, the value, people knew that this card was going to sell for, you know, 10 million plus. Mm-hmm. So um, people were, were, was sort of buying up. It was really hard to get a 1952 Mantle um, at the National in any grade, and uh, we even got we even got a little. I don't know if you'd say spooked by it, but we could have bought. We had two of them offered to us, and uh, you know somebody said that uh, the the person selling them said we were offered this for them, and you know usually when you hear that, yeah. you're like mm, I don't even want to know what you were offered. 
I just want to know, you know, what, what are you, what are you going to take? What will you take? And, and we kind of called bluff. We didn't think they were worth that. And uh, it ends up, it was hundred percent true. And actually somebody come came in and paid more than what he was offered for the cards. And uh, I heard that happen to a couple dealers. They sold, there were a lot of 52 mantles sold at that national. And uh, you know, the, 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 the real reason is because people were expecting this one to sell for a lot of money. Uh, yeah. And People sort of investing in them and knew that they were going to take a, uh, a bump uh, and go up in value. You know, I'm going to ask both of you guys this question. And I, I, it's always – I could never actually – and it's a wonderful card. It's, I mean, it's a great card. It's an iconic card. You know, the Wagner card, there's a handful of them. What is the reason, Hef? Is it because of Mickey? I mean, why is that one card basically the face of, of – all cards. Is it because of the first issue? Is it because of Mickey? What is the reason for that? I think it's just a, a popular, it's because it's Mickey Mantle and people from our generation recognize Mickey Mantle. Even a person off the street, you ask them, who's Mickey Mantle? Great, great baseball player, great New York Yankee. Who's Honus Wagner? Hmm. Not sure. I'm not really sure. Yeah. So the person off the street, it's it just Mickey Mantle is so commercial and so, you know, worldwide he is known as, you know, the greatest Yankee of all time. Whether he was or not, it's, it's you know, yeah. Babe Ruth also. Right. But Babe Ruth was, again, another generation. And I don't think there's anyone still living or very few people that saw Babe Ruth play in person. So don't look um, at me. <laughs> <laughs> see, see? Yeah. let it go what? through. Yeah. I, I had a twitch of my yeah, show. I know you did. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> so that. I think it's just Mickey Mantle is still very relatable to a lot of people in our generation because maybe we didn't, maybe some of us didn't see him play, but still he he's close enough to to that generation. You know, interesting. That, yeah, you know, uh, he was, the other thing that. Rick, Rico, do you have any good Mantle stories? No. Oh, yes, you do. No, but uh, now, I grew up watching him, then I played against him. But the hero, hero worship, of course, in New York, uh, all Yankee fans, but even the Dodgers and Giants at that time who were there just loved the guy. There was something about him, his humility, his – I mean, he hit – you talk about home runs. This guy. Well, how, what year was he? Home uh, runs. What year was he a rookie? What, what was he a rookie? 40 what? 40, Who? Uh, 51. 51. He's 51. A how old were you in 51, honestly? Yeah, I was uh, 14, 15, 13, 12. 51, I was uh, 7, 10 years old, 8 years old. All right. So Yeah, right in there. So here's, oh, that, here's my question. That, that's the age where you get your heroes. All right. So now he's your hero. You're 10 years old. Okay. Now we fast forward. All right. And you're playing against them. Yeah, that's right. How, what, what, I mean, what was the feeling like? Well, it was thrilling. <laughs> when right. I, uh, you know, when we first came on, we didn't, to Yankee State and play the Yankees, they still had their team, you know, all the uh, famous guys there, Mantle was playing first base because of his leg, and so my rookie year, I walked my first time that I got on base, Mantle was on first base, so I didn't know, oh my God, is my hero, I'm right next to him, 
You don't realize he, he wasn't, he was big, but not big. You know what I mean? He was, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, yeah. six feet, uh, 185 pounds. And uh, she said, Ma, yeah, I want to say hello. What do I do? What if he says, take a hike, kid? You know, <laughs> shut up. You know, what do you want, rookie? So I didn't know what to do. So I took a lead, you know, came back 2 and 0. Now it's a hitter's count. I said, if I don't say something, you know, I may, I may never be able to. Who knows? And mm -hmm. so when I, I got back to the base, Mickey says, Hey, Rico, Bef how you doing? Before you said hi to him. Yeah, I didn't say. That's cool, man. Oh, that oh my is God. Cool. I'm getting the chills now. Look at this. And I said, ah, so I said, cool. yeah, not, not too bad, Mick. How you been? How's your family? <laughs> Holy gee. That's, so that's a, a big great thrill. story. That's a, a great thrill. story. All right, listen, we're chatting with Mike Hefner from Leland's. We've got a lot to talk about. You're with us for a while, pal. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, I'm here. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. 
They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Even though he's from New York, we still love him. On deck with Rito Patricelli. Okay, it is time. What is this? Is another opening? Yeah. That's different. We have different ones. That's that's, oh. that's the creative genius of one David Martinez. Well, he is. He's very talented. He, he brings guy. in these these indigent people from the street, and they record a commercial. <laughs> that's nice. Okay. Good for him. All right. It's time for our segment on deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to Robert. EdwardAuctions.com. Okay. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. Excuse me, I forgot uh, to get the shirt. I have to bend. Oh, Here it is. At least you can still bend. <clears throat> An official Great American Collectibles nice T-shirt. This you, week goes to Matt Treeman. And here is the question, Rico. I kind of like this question. You said you didn't like the question. I like the question. Rico, what was your longest... Errorless streak. I don't know. Really? You really don't? No. How many? How many games you went without uh, without an error? One, I think. <laughs> One. <clears throat> no, I I had I have had a pretty good fielding percentage, and the reason was because you know Brooks Robinson was there my whole career at third, and then Louis Aparicio when I was I at know. short. So I had no chance for Golden Glove, but I said I'm going to give it one more try. So one year I said we'll see what happens here. So every time a ball came to my left or my right, yeah, tough a tough play. Yeah, I fell down. Let the ball go to left field. <laughs> Let Yaz get it. <laughs> now think about that, right? <laughs> it's not an error. So I had a hype, but it didn't work. <laughs> Brooks Travis, still st- he still got the golden glove. Can you remember, though, your worst fielding game? Like a, a uh, game that stands out. Well, it's like it's always the one with the Yankees. It was it really? Yeah, bases loaded. <clears throat> We're up by one, I think. And uh, no, no, I don't know if you ever heard, No Neck Williams. Oh, yeah, Walt uh, No Neck Williams. Walt No Neck Williams. He really didn't have a neck. He used to look like this. No, his head was attached to his shoulder. He had no neck. Yeah, it was down here somewhere. So, okay, one out. No neck. It's, no, he, you know, he used to, when he looked to the left, he had to go like this with his whole body. Poor guy. <laughs> I swear. So he looks at me. I don't know why. So he gets a ball. Bang. Here it comes, right down to me. Perfect double play ball. Right through your legs? I go down for the ball. You know, it's one of these boom, boom, but but good spin on it. So I go down. I go stay up. 
to ready to catch it, boom, it hits here and goes down, right through my legs, two-run <laughs> score, we go, 35,000 people booing me, <laughs> Petroselli, you're a bum, you're no good, you're <clears throat> yeah. So that was embarrassing, of course, especially against the Yankees. But, you know, that stuff happens every single day. Every yeah. single day. Listen, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it really – talk about – No, it happens, but it, of hey, course. It, it yeah. happened it, – it, it had a very negative impact on Billy Buckner for years, you know. Well, yeah, that was a little different World Series, but uh, yeah, it happened. You're right. And uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. You have to live with it. Uh, hey, Hef, uh, you know, going back to the auction, the Jordan rookie, PSA rookie card, still has some steam, huh? They do. They do. Um, not not nearly what they were six months ago. Right. But they're still uh, well above. I mean, I remember looking at those things when they were 20000 and I actually bought a few at that level. And uh, thinking they were high then, thinking that, hey, these are good investments, um, but it's going to take a while for them to really take off. And then COVID hit, and... You know, the documentary came out and, uh, you know, all of a sudden Jordan was Babe Ruth. Yeah. So, um, you know, rightfully so. I mean, Jordan deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he is probably the biggest, you know, he's definitely the biggest name in all of basketball um, history. Um, I don't know. Best player can be argued, but he's definitely, you know, one of those guys who's going to be remembered. 200 years from now, people are still going to be talking about Michael Jordan. Now, the, um, one, the one that in your auction, what's the grade? Is that a PSA? Is it a 10? We have, uh, we have two in there. We have two. Uh, we, have a, we have a PSA 10 in there, and then we have another one, uh, another graded example, um, an SGC copy that's a 10. You know, Jordan also had the personality. Yeah, he did. <clears throat> I mean, uh, he was something. I met him, you know, when he was baseball, uh, when he was uh, – playing with uh, White Sox double-A team. Uh, in spring training, we had a game. I went over, and uh, what's his name was the manager, uh, Tito. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, um, and uh, just great. He had that personality, and he was, I thought, when he played, he was gave the impression of being humble. That was how I felt. I don't mean, you know, wishy. Yeah. Just a guy who was there. He, he gave credit to his, his, his teammates and his coaches and all that, which I don't think LeBron Jane, James yeah, has. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. No, you know, he's more a mm-hmm. little arrogant. But, I mean, he was a great player. But that, that's just personalities. So I'm not criticizing it. But Jordan, to me, I, I just – him and, and uh, <clears throat> Dr. J were the most – uh, I loved Dr. J yeah. growing up. He, was, he just had a yeah. great personality. Yeah. And uh, their names, uh, of course, Jordan names keeps coming up. Know, you know? Know. And uh, is that part of, uh, does that help the value of, uh, of a card when, when you stay in the when spotlight? The guys, yeah, staying in the spotlight, uh, or does it matter? Oh, I think the, the two go hand in hand, the desirability and the fact that uh, they remain in the spotlight. Um, I don't know if a guy like LeBron James, because like you said, Rico, the personality factor, I mean, no one's going to argue his ability on the court, but the personality is just not the same as a Michael Jordan, and the personality does help. Just like we spoke about Mickey Mantle, if Mickey Mantle would have been a jerk, uh, you know, this stuff wouldn't be worth as much. This tends to go hand in hand with the players' personalities also. Not only 
only the abilities, but the personalities. There's there's guys I can't I can't think of any offhand, but there are guys that you know their abilities weren't that great, but their personalities were yeah. superb, and their stuff. You know, we we call that like they have a cult following of these yeah. collectors who just buy the stuff, even though they may not be in the Hall of Fame. There's a, just such a huge collecting core because of the personalities, because of the quirky things they did, because of the jokes they told, because of the pranks they pulled on their teammates. Um, they're collectible. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Can I uh, go to the cool. next question? Yeah, sure. I, was, uh, I see you got Hollyfield uh, gloves. I saw him on an yeah. ad. He's on an ad. He's, 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 yeah. yeah, he's a couple. I've seen him on a couple. Yeah, a couple of ads. By the way, it's... it's can you get his ear, uh, you know, maybe auction that up? That would be worth some money, wouldn't it? What? You know, I heard, I heard rumors about that ear being uh, in a collection, and um, no one seems to know what happened with it. Oh, Mike. I, I Mike know. ate it. Right, he probably did. But you know something, Hef? Rico is, you know, he's mentioning Hollyfield's gloves, and those that was the bite. That was the bite gloves, right? That, yeah. that was the gloves. Yeah. But, oh, yes. I, you know, I know that you're a boxing guy, uh, and I'm a boxing guy, to be honest with you, too. I, I've always loved boxing. And um, we, uh, you know, uh, I called you several months ago, and, I, I, you know, Tony, the late, great Tony DeMarco mm -hmm. was very dear friends with both Rico and myself. Uh, he was a former welterweight champ of the world. And his couple of fights with Carmen Basilio, I think, Ooh. were voted two of oh. the top twenty greatest fights of all time. They were they Friday were night fights. They unbelievable, were on unbelievable. Every week. Oh. And uh, Tony passed away last October, and his wife Dottie called called us up because in the in you you know where I'm talking about in the in the Sports Hall of Fame at the Boston Garden, uh, they have a beautiful exhibit of Tony's. You know. Besides Ted Williams and Bobby Orr, yeah. Tony's, Tony's, uh, his, you know, all of his memorabilia, his championship belt, his robe, gloves, the wall, the gloves, and all that stuff. And uh, Dottie, his wife, called us up and said, "You know, um, I'm ready to, to get to, to auction it off." So Dick, yeah. Dick Johnson uh, is he's still cataloging all of it. Oh, and then Ellen and I, uh, we, we, she has a lot of stuff in a warehouse, and we're going to kind of help her out. And it's all going to go to Leland's. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, well, I, she she says, "Who can you recommend?" I said, "There's one guy uh, for boxing. He's yeah. the guy." So mm -hmm. at some point in time, half it's going to come your way. Exactly, I'm not sure when. We're probably looking at it maybe sometime in the spring, but uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. One other thing, Mike, is that you know you've had an influence on me personally as a collector, and I'm not kidding. You know, I've always been a vintage card guy, and I've had a, I had a really wonderful collection of cards. And since the day I walked into your house uh, with the, the photographer uh, for the book, uh, the Diamondbacks Collection, I was absolutely mesmerized by your personal collection. I have done a complete about-face with my collection, and I'm really, really uh, getting into memorabilia pretty heavily that I absolutely love. And the reason being, I think you said it to me, sometimes, you know, with a lot of that stuff, the, the, the DNA of the player is, 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 is on the item. You know what I mean? Whether it be a bat or a signed ball or a contract, I, I, I'm really, I'm really uh, liking the vintage memorabilia. Is this a question? Or no, I'm just, just I'm making a, a point that he was an influence <clears throat> on me. No, he said... 
my not for anything, but he said I was a big influence on him to, for his collecting. See, now he's t- going to you because you're right, on right. Well, somebody well, else. Next, next go, week so. it's going to be somebody else. <laughs> I got I got to call I, I got to call Dwight hey, Evans. Ooh, oh. <laughs> we're both we're both here, so we're both we're uh, both here, so it's all good. But, but um, no, I mean the memorabilia and you know the memorabilia has really been um, it's so more so much more displayable. And I don't want to say anything that's going to get me in trouble with card collectors here. But and, and I agree. Is, I mean, oh. the cards are great. If that's your thing, you know, they're easy to just, they're easy to store. You know, they're easy to, to card around. Um, you know, the, the, they're protected because of the encapsulation with PSA. But the memorabilia is just, it, it's, it's, to me, it's so much more displayable. It's so much more fun, you know, to pick up a bat that Yaz used. And to swing it, you know, you're not going to hurt this stuff unless you throw it out the second story window. Exactly. You, you know, Rico, you can take a bat and, you know, you can swing right? it. Uh, you have yeah. Babe Ruth bat. Swing it. You're not going to hurt the thing. You know, I, um, I mean, I've kept I've kept my my key T206 Hall of Famers, yeah. you know, some of my Gaudi stuff. I've kept that stuff. But I, I've, I've kind of... A lot of my commons, I've kind of moved on from them. And I'm, you know, bringing in, as I said, some really kind of crazy neat pieces you know it's uh, the thing is what surprises me i haven't seen you and on the show as far as shows as a collector he's always been you know talking finding out uh, talking about yeah. auctions and stuff and asking questions of the guests so now i hear you you want to collect and it's very, it's interesting. Well, yeah, what, I mean, as I like? said, I, I just picked up Princess. All, I give you, I know one of one of your, I can't remember. I think it was Brian Dwyer. You know, I, mm-hmm. I picked up uh, one of his auctions. A uh, it was kind of cool piece. It was the uh, uh, the nineteen twenty. It was the year after or the year that uh, Grover Cleveland Alexander won the Triple Crown of of, of pitching, mm-hmm. and he went into the Chicago White Sox and said, "Hey, I want to make what Walter Johnson's making twelve thousand bucks a year." Mm. I bought his contract. It's kind of a neat piece. Oh, that's a great piece. Yeah. Great piece. Yeah. So I have his. I think his, he's a really underrated player too. I do, and so you know, I mean, I, I didn't pay. I didn't, you know, have to break the bank, but yeah. it's a nice piece, and it's his uh, 1920 contract. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Kind of cool piece, Collectors you know? who are listening, uh, watching the show, you say might be thinking, "Oh, that's a good idea." I never thought of a contract <laughs> or a ticket exactly. or whatever else. So that's uh, no, it's a good point. You know, very good point. Well, one, one of the reasons too. One of the reasons too is is you know, I know this is PSA show, but PSA has done a lot to really increase the values of this memorabilia. They're doing it the right way. If you take a look at the the new bat, you know, uh, John Tawby and PSA put up a, a population with some of the, the great bats that are out there. They're so limited. You know, in, in tens. You know, yeah. you look at uh, Roy Campanella, for instance. There's four, I think, three or four tens. Stan Musial, six or seven tens. That's in the world. There may be a few out there that un, they're ungraded, but top-notch bats of, of superstar Hall of Famer players um, are just not out there. Absolutely they're, they're agree with you. Much scarcer than rookie cards. Yeah. Hey, you have a pretty nice root signed baseball. Why don't you tell us about that? Who? It's Babe Ruth. You ever hear him? <laughs> That it's a, it's a nice one, and you know that's another thing that I love. I have a few in my collection, and I just think you can never ever go wrong with Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Um, I don't care if you're buying his his uh, his old sock that he didn't even wear in a baseball game. It's desirable because it's Babe Ruth. Absolutely. Yeah, so Babe Ruth baseballs are 
they are like the number one most commercial thing in this hobby. Um, you know, everybody wants, and he signed thousands of them. Right, right. And there are a lot out there, but they're so good and they're yeah. so desirable. The one we have in the auctions of beauty, it uh, the ball is a little bit, a little bit off. It's not going to be one of those hundred thousand dollar balls. It'll probably be a thirty, forty thousand dollar ball. The signature displays you can see it ten feet across the room. It's a PSA eight on the signature, and um, you know it, it's just one of those things. Babe Ruth baseballs, Babe Ruth signature on anything to me. Yeah. Never loses value. I was telling Rico, uh, our web designer, who was your web designer, Kathy, Kathy Burse, her, Kathy Burse Hurley, right. or Hersey, whatever her name. Were well, you starting to? Uh, what I, is really? It? She's uh, she's an older woman. Her, her and her husband, two weeks ago, uh, were going through her dad's uh, belongings in a box uh, mm-hmm. up in their attic, yeah. and what does she find? She finds a Babe Ruth signed baseball. On one panel, and the back panel is signed by Lou Gehrig, and then she finds a Lou Gehrig signed baseball that says 1934 World Series. That was that's not in his handwriting. Make a long story short, uh, she called me up, very excited. She says, "Is this thing worth anything?" Uh, uh, PSA was nice enough for her. She got in the car, drove to New Jersey, got it authenticated, and a private. Uh, she sold it in a private sale, so much. they're happy. But, wow! Uh, yeah. Very yeah. cool. Very Things cool. like that, you know, rarely happen. The one, what was the the one where they had the all those uh, Ty Cobb cards in the, oh, the, in lucky the wall? Seven. The, yeah, lucky the lucky seven. seven. Well, here's a guy, <clears throat> Mike, I don't understand. He was just great. I played against him mostly in spring trainings, all-star game. And you got a 53 Tops original maze artwork. This happens to be artwork. And I, I'm sure the baseballs and bats out there for him. I don't. Why isn't he getting it or in that category of of Ruth, of 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 Mantle, and some some of the others? Uh, I, I don't understand. This guy was a great player, maybe the best. I think he comes you know, championships. Guy like Jordan, if he didn't win so many championships, maybe he wouldn't be quite on the same level. And I think you know, Mantle won a lot of championships. Yeah. Um, Mays did not. You know, Mays wasn't point. fortunate enough to play for the Yankees. Right. So he played for the Giants. And, uh, you know, he won a couple and he did great. But it, it comes down to the, the teams these guys are on also. If you ask me, I mean, uh, not to offend anyone, but Willie Mays and Rico, you might, you, you might, Tom, but Willie Mays was a better all-around player than Mickey Mantle. Oh, so there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. No doubt. No just, doubt. You know, and he even played in New York for part of his career, but then he went to San Francisco, and you know the market is not the same in San Francisco as it is in New York. So I think that has a lot to do with it. The teams that these guys played for, and also um, I, I think now that Willie Mays is just Willie Mays and Hank Aaron are both getting their their justice. Well, have yeah, started. To come they back. are increasing. They're getting closer. Before we take a break, I want to just follow up to Rico's question. I don't mean this to be a morbid question. Is Does the value of the ball go up when after he passes? Or not the just, a, just a ball, the card, anything. Yeah, the signature. Well, the, the number of cards out there is fixed. There will be no more Willie Mays cards. The number of, um, of uniforms or bats out there, it's a fixed number. So they don't increase if he passes away. The number of autographs... Um, will decrease you know he can't sign anymore but in a case like Mays, Mays doesn't sign anymore anyhow so the number you know but you know unfortunately when these 
players pass away, they get back into the news and people do more documentaries, more series, uh, right. more talk about them. So it does increase the, so the value of the memorabilia. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We are chatting with Mike Hefner, president of Leland's. You're going to stick with us right to the end of the show. We've got some little business afterwards. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia 
for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hi, everyone. This is Rico Petroselli. If you want to own a piece of sports history at an affordable price, take a look at the magnificent highest-resolution prints of famed artist James Ferentino. Check out the link here on the screen, and you'll be amazed at renderings of some of the greats like Clementi, Ruth, Brady, Jordan, and some of the greatest athletes to ever grace the sports landscape. The very affordable limited editions capture every shade of the original work. And yes, they're individually signed by James. Prices for these art gems range between $200 and $400 and will look spectacular in your office or collectibles room. Typically, a James original sells for five figures, but you can purchase one of his affordable reproductions now and cherish it forever. Go to jamesfiorentino.com forward slash store and purchase your personal work of art. James Ferentino, in our opinion, is the greatest sports artist on the planet. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag, and every tag is NFC-enabled so you can see the detailed specs. eBay Authenticity Guarantee. No fakes, no fraud, no doubt. Well, folks, uh, eBay is the place to go for all your, of your memories. You can't even see that. <laughs> I forgot my glasses. <laughs> No, no, I want to hear, no, let him do Sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash. Pathetic. Send it to us. I shop on eBay all of the time. That's eBay connecting buyers and sellers globally. I right, listen, before we get back to Mike, let's talk about a new card show that I, we're actually we're very excited about. Primetime Events is... Hef, you've got to pay attention to this one. Primetime Events is proud to present the New England Card Show weekend. 
Uh, this two-day show is on Saturday and Sunday, October 1st and 2nd at the Mass Mutual Center in Springfield, Massachusetts. The New England Cod Show takes place from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Mass Mutual Center uh, in Springfield, and there will be over 300 tables and some signings by Red Sox legends, Rico Petroselli and Jim Lomborg for autographs, auction houses accepting consignments, and much more. But that's not all. There's also going to be some Patriots players there. On Saturday night, starting at 6 p.m., join us for primetime Saturday night at the iconic Basketball Hall of Fame for two great free admission events. First Hobby Talk in the Basketball Hall of Fame Theater featuring the best blogger in the industry from Tyler. From, uh, to, uh, his name is Tyler with San Diego Cards, Ryan from Breakout Cards, and more with audience Q&A hosted by Rob Gerard, the sports card therapist, from 6 to 7. Then doors open at 7 for trade night on the Hall of Fame's center court. Kid-friendly bar service and great featured vendors like Card Vault, DCI, all sorts of sports stores and elite, elite breaks. Admission is free. That's the New England Card Show, the ultimate sports card show experience. For more information, go to 860-819-4343 or go to necardshow.com for details. This show is going to wind up the biggest card show eventually in New England. So, Yeah, potentially it does. Yeah. And, uh, Half, some it, of your guys great. are already going there. Some of your, 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 your fellow uh, uh, guys that uh, you compete against. But, you know something? It's all friendly. I think uh, some of the auction houses uh, are going to be there. Cool. Let's, let's get Will back. Will you be there, Tom? Uh, actually, Rico's going to be there. Ellen and I are going to be there on uh, Sunday. Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Coming back oh, from right. Albany. Yeah, we're going to be there on Sunday. All right, listen, have we got a couple of more things to discuss. Um, I want to ask you, you know, let's talk about, we talked about the 9.5 mantle ball. Now, that ball went for $12.5 million. What, in your, if anything, if everything was for sale, would the PSA 8 Diamondbacks Wagner card still, if that card went up on the market, would that card still be the most expensive, in your opinion? The Honus Wagner? Yeah. The Honus Wagner card? I think it would be. Yeah. I think people would, yeah. It's, it's just like the... Uh, it's like anything. I mean, yes, there's the, there, there, there's a story surrounding it, and the story adds fame to the card. Uh, the card is still, no matter what it is, it's it's a real Honus Wagner card, and it's a beautiful baseball card. So, you know, there there's no uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind if if that thing went up for for sale. That would be the card. Be more than twelve point six. Could approach, it could be twenty. We've heard twenty twenty five million or more. It How much? Definitely, it could, it could approach fifty million 50 or more. Million. Imagine wow. that. I really do believe so. And then the pedigree, the fact that Wayne Gretzky once owned yeah. it, you know, and the Ken owns it now. Um, you know, it just keeps getting better. Yeah, interesting. So, well, it's got the reputation now. Uh, uh, I'll tell you one thing. I was talking to Tom about it. Being on national TV, their announcement of the 12.6, and then every time Wagner is sold, that's on you know uh, national TV, yeah. which I think yeah. is great. Mainstream is picking yeah. it up, yeah. right? I, I think it's great for the uh, for the industry. So, uh, you're right, it probably 
probably go for a lot. <laughs> Heffy, are you, are you happy? Now. Are you happy with? I mean, you've been in this industry hobby for a long time, and a lot has happened over the last two, two and a half years with the way it's evolved. Are you happy with the way the 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 hobby is evolving, uh, especially with the younger uh, collectors slash hobbyists? You know, and you know what I'm talking about. We've talked about it a, a lot. I always like to get a different perspective. Yep. You know, the whole concept of flipping and investing versus collecting for the love of it. Is there a happy medium? I I, I flip flop on that. Like I, I really do because people come up to me and 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 know me. You know, from in some of my other hobbies such as racing, and more and more people are coming up to me and say, "Hey, my son." is collecting cards now. So I haven't heard that for years. So I think that um, I am looking at it very positively. The fact that, you know, kids are now buying cards again. And, and to me that, you know, we went through like a, a decade or two lull where there were very few kids, even you go to the national, right. and it was mostly grown adults. Now this year I saw a lot more a, kids at the yeah, national. There were, a lot, there were. That's great. A lot more kids are talking about cards. They're on the internet. They're communicating. They're forming chat groups. Uh, they're forming Facebook groups. They're, you know, so, and these are kids, you know, kids. Let's, let's get it back to the kids where it belongs. You know, that's where it starts. If we don't spread, if those roots aren't there, you know, in two generations, this, this hobby and industry is going to be in trouble. But I think now we're back to a place where, where we're actually growing it again, which is awesome. And Ricky, you're a big you know, advocate. You're, you've been yeah, a big oh, advocate oh. of the modern, ultra well, modern. Well, only because of that. Because uh, to see the industry growing, you have to have the younger kids get interested. And it was great. The National was terrific. We saw so many kids there. You know, and um, I mean, but I'm going to ask both of you guys. We got a few minutes left. I'm going to ask both of you guys just though. Doesn't it have to be instilled, though? Or shouldn't it be instilled in these young kids to, 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 to appreciate and love the hobby rather than buy that uh, Tatis card and flip it, and now the card's worth, you know, next What's to the nothing? Difference? What's Well, I, I, I mean, you could do it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Shouldn't there be a, a foundation or a balance there? I mean, I, I kind of agree with Rico on that one. What is the difference? Because, you know, obviously they're, they're evaluating the player statistics. They're looking at it. And if it's they're looking they at it as an investment and they enjoy it, fine. You know, that's how I, that's how I began. I didn't really start to appreciate, you know, I was only nine years old when the first monthly, when the first Beckett Price Guide came out, 1979. But that is what really got me into collecting because I looked at it and I was like, holy cow. $3, $2, and it wasn't all about the money, but that made it more interesting to me. It, it gave it some sort of form, uh, you and know, value. to the hobby. This is the reason that guys collect, or one of the reasons people collect. So I think it's, I, I think that they look at it from the value standpoint, but ultimately the history standpoint and the statistical standpoint has to come into play. So interesting. doesn't matter. Rick, before we, uh, we, we end this, the, how about uh, friend Joe, Philly Show? <laughs> if you can read it, if you can if see it. If I can it, read it, if you can you talk. See it, can you see it? Here. 
Uh, no, no, you, you All right, trust this me. Is, uh, East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collector Show. The Philly Show, as it's really called. called. <laughs> From Friday, September 23rd to Sunday, September 25th, held at our or their new location, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, Hall B, 100 Station Avenue in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer booths on over 75,000 square feet of sports collectibles. Heaven from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses, third-party grading, and authentication companies are on hand to assess, uh, assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is great. It's uh, family-friendly, and all kids 12 and under get in for free. Autograph guests to include Baseball Hall of Famers Jim Rice, Ricky Henderson, John Smoltz, and 2022 inductee Jim Cott, Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Famer, and legend Brian Dawkins, and many more. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all started. Hef, before we go to your website, the 1967 starting all-star team, third base, Brooks Robinson, Second base, Rod Carew. Center field, Tony Oliva. First base, Harmon Killebrew. Right field, Tony Canigliero. Left field, Kai Yastrzemski. Catcher, Bill Freehand. Shortstop, Amerigo Petroselli. And Dean Chance started that game. Yeah. Well, he, he had some big years. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah, good, it was a thrill. Pretty yeah. good uh, company. Half, what's the uh, auction site? Leland's.com, right? Leland's.com. Yeah. Right. Listen, Leland's September 17th, the auction ends. I'm, 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 he listen, wants that seat. I have a wife. I have grandchildren. <laughs> I am begging people, please let me win that. I'm begging to please let me win that seat. All right. I am going to you put it. You can't a- do that, Tom. You can't do that. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I no I'm going to win it anyway, so I'm telling you right now I'm going to yeah, win it. Yeah, kick, uh, let's get some of that million, couple of million dollars uh, savings. Into it. All right, Hef, we love you. All right, Mike, love take you guys care. Too. Take Great care. See Mike Hefner, Take Leland. care. Right. All right, listen, we're about out of time. Oh, I noticed that. Nice seeing you, brother. Hey, nice seeing, nice to be seen. Nice first to be of seen. All, uh, with that being said, we love you guys. Uh, he, Great, you know, great guy, great, great oh, auction house, excellent. class act, and a great interview. One of the he's most, one, one of the most well, just one of the most respected guys in, in the hobby. Yeah. All right, I just uh, we're about out of time. Thanks for your help. Thanks for your support. And with that being said, happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.